and then uh, he, <laughs> he 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 escapes from the cottage, and he jumps through the window, and he jumps into the dress, and so when he comes out of the cottage and onto the street below, he is into the dress. And I, I think he must have done an edit here, but I, I can't see it. It looks like it's actually done for real. Yeah, it's a jaw-dropping moment. I mean, what the what the F? What the... F- what? I mean, uh, yeah, Tom Cruise should definitely jump into a dress... Uh, Buster Keaton style, <laughs> yeah. Buster Keaton style in the next, <laughs> next Mission Impossible to really impress people. Welcome to Podhard, yet again, tracing the history of action movie cinema. My name is Jonas Högberg. And I'm Anders Schultqvist. Yes, together we're Podhard. We are all about action movies and uh, we're all about the year 1924. (laughs) And what a year it is, am I right? 1924 had the first Fast and Furious I didn't know this franchise went that far back. Yeah, that's pretty crazy. There's actually a movie called Fast and Furious from 1924. Uh, how much uh, Vin Diesel did you get? No, we get some, uh, I don't even know, Lig Conley? Conley? Le- Lig Conley. Uh, or Lige? Lige? My Lige. Yes, my Lige. Lige Conley. And uh, he's the main star of the, the flick. Yeah. I, I thought it was funny because it's a total Buster Keaton ripoff. And I mean, we've seen everyone do each other's gags uh, through these movies. Uh, sometimes, I, I guess, one upmanship each other, have a friendly competition, or writing each other's gags. Uh, I was thinking about this one where they clean a window that doesn't exist, which we have seen with Buster Keaton and... Uh, Fatty Arbuckle, I think. Yeah, Roscoe yeah. Arbuckle. But this is a pretty, pretty lazy pedestrian uh, buster busting, I would say. But the interesting <laughs> thing is that they rip off uh, this motorcycle chase uh, straight off that we are seeing in uh, Sherlock Jr. this year. And they they must have uh, it, it premiered earlier than Sherlock Jr. So it's a, a real uh, cash grab move. <laughs> okay, uh, yeah, uh, I mean the main movies that we are talking about in this episode is <coughs> Sherlock Jr. and Harold Lloyd's uh, Girl Shy, uh, but we have uh, watched a couple of other movies that we thought would just uh, uh, you know say a couple of words on before we get to the main attractions. Uh, Fast and Furious uh, was uh, had some merit, I guess, um, As, according uh, to you. Uh, mainly I wanted to mention it because of the title. <laughs> okay, yeah. Uh, okay. Maybe the same. I mean, uh, Galloping Bungalows was another movie I saw. Mm-hmm. And, uh, <laughs> and galloping bungalows initially Very nice title <laughs> mainly because it uh, it's when i read about it the story seemed to be about uh, a mustache competition who who has the coolest mm. mustache can uh, marry a rich uh, woman 
so I thought, damn, we talked about uh, Douglas Fairbanks' uh, influence on facial uh, hair. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. In an earlier episode. So I think it. Uh, I think it was the Three Musketeers where he grew a mustache for the first time, and uh, you know everybody got uh, elated with it. Yeah. Man, mustaches—it's all the rage. Douglas Fairbanks has it. We gotta have it as well. So here's a movie that has it as the, its uh, premise, but it's a throwaway gag, more or less. But it does okay. feature an intense uh, action scene. Uh, <clears throat> when they're out with their galloping bungalow, I mean, they, they ride, they mount a bungalow, uh, a portable house on a horse ride, and, and it takes off. And they give chase in a car, and uh, there's a bunch of stuff happening. The, it, the, uh, the house starts to burn in uh, mid-chase, and the fire department is called in. And there's a really cool uh, fire truck in, involved in the chase that has a, a wagon attached uh, at the back that is careening sideways through speeding traffic, dodging cars, with a guy mm. sitting, uh, s- steering this uh, ladder uh, wagon thingy. It's really cool. And then he raises the ladder and climbs it mid-speed, uh, mid-chase, and uh, saves a woman on the roof of the bungalow uh, and has a fight on the roof as well. So they, they add a bunch of cool stuff into this one. Hmm. Okay. Uh, but uh, essentially just that final scene, I guess, that was uh, something to talk about. Yes, Absolutely. Okay, so I have watched uh, The Thief of Baghdad, uh, the Douglas Fairbanks flick of 1924. Um, I say watched. Uh, I did uh, uh, for- fast forward through a lot of it because, uh, I mean, unfortunately, Douglas, he gets bogged down in story uh, in these later movies uh, which is uh, which is so sad. I mean, he had something going for him. Uh, he was uh, really beginning to be uh, sort of a favorite of mine. But uh, too much damn story in these later movies. Robin Hood. Oh man, what a what a bore that movie was. Uh, this movie, I think, has some more merit because uh, the sets are out of control. They're like totally crazy, imaginative. Um, you got you got this uh, Arabian city. I mean, uh, the movie is uh, sort of loosely based around Arabian Nights. Um, um, and uh, if you've watched Al- Aladdin, uh, I, I'm guessing a lot of that is taken from uh, this movie. Um, so again, he's setting new um, new new standards that are being um, uh, adapted by later movies. Um, but uh, yeah, so the sets are mainly the big attraction of this movie, I would say. There's some great story sets. I, I mean, um, fairy tale sets uh, later in the movie when he's like uh, in some sort of fairy tale land, uh, riding around on a white stallion in the clouds, uh, Superman style. Um, very, very nice um, uh, special effects in this movie. Uh, and he does. Uh, he is quite funny in the beginning of the movie, I would say, when he's being a real asshole thief. 
running around on the streets of this Arabian city and uh, stealing things uh, with his acrobatic flair. It's like he wants to go bigger, bigger, more epic, more epic. Kind of losing himself because he should be playing to his strengths. I mean, Mm. in the early movies... We talked about how he moved in these uh, small uh, instances, just jumping a fence, uh, jumping a, a chair at home or something, just how he enters mm. a room or wrestle his friends for no apparent reason. Uh, mm. He should be doing these movies. Now, yeah, I mean, <laughs> you get you get some uh, classic Fairbank stuff uh, when he's uh, <clears throat> jumping into pots, uh, giant pots, um, and uh, in the in the end of the movie, he turns himself into a tornado, which is uh, very funny. <laughs> okay, so he's an early superhero. Yeah, I mean, this is a lot of superhero stuff in this movie. It it sort of felt like a Marvel movie sometimes. I mean, crazy stuff happening. And and I mean, they, there was a <laughs> there was a, a big sort of like um, from the Batman uh, '60s series, uh, Batman Trap, where they were gonna boil the princess in a giant vat of uh, boiling oil. Uh, it sort of felt like a Batman trap from the series uh, in the 60s. Yeah, okay, so so more like an uh, early action-adventure thingy. Yeah, with uh, not that much action, um, unfortunately. So, yeah, before we move on, uh, there's... there's uh, we, we've... Um, uh, things have been made clear to us that we have not been clear to you guys. Uh, there has been some dude that you need to know more about. He's called Larry Seaman. Uh, not Seaman. Semon? Semon, perhaps? Um, and he makes some amazing chase scenes. Yeah, I just stumbled upon uh, Horseshoes from 1923, so should have been in the last episode. But he goes back earlier. Yeah, there's a car motorcycle chase here, and it has this uh, moving camera and bit tighter framing. And really dynamic angles when he balances across um, a beam or something uh, with the motorcycle. Uh, it's shot from a bit underneath. Uh, it's really cool. And then they, there's guys jumping from a car to the motorcycle and proceeds to, they proceed to have a fight on the motorcycle uh, mid-speed. And there's lots of dust from the road that is... Uh, going about it's just very intense and dramatic feels very modern in uh, shot composition and editing and such really mm. really cool and there's a magnificent shot uh, where where the motorcycle goes down in a they've dug a, a hole in the ground that we don't see the camera is uh, mounted in in front and you see the car and motorcycle come straight at us and the motorcycle just disappears and the car goes above the motorcycle yeah yeah it's really cool yeah i mean the the action was uh, frenetic fast furious i mean everything that the fast and furious movie <laughs> should have been uh fantastic and i mean the ending where he runs with the motorcycle out uh, from a ravine and catches on to a rope uh, and lets the motorcycle uh, land uh, in at 
at the chasm of the ravine and he swings himself out into the air and then back to ground above. I mean, wow, what a shot. What a shot. Amazing. Yeah. So uh, maybe backtrack this guy and uh, keep an eye on him. Yeah, you guys, you gotta, you gotta have your priorities checked out, and Larry Salmon is uh, definitely one of them. Uh, we need to check him out, definitely. Unfortunately, I think uh, <laughs> 1925. I think he doesn't do much um, uh, chase movies. Uh, I think he will be doing the first adaptation of uh, The Wizard of Oz in 1925, which was a huge financial uh, disaster for him. Uh, and which essentially, I think, uh, made him uh, die early in 1928. Um, he had a nervous breakdown. He was suffering from tuberculosis. And a lot of these things uh, accumulated and essentially broke him down, I think. So it's a very sad story, uh, the story of Larry Simon. But he made some kick-ass action movies and action scenes uh, early on. So, yeah, so anyway, uh, yeah, uh, Sherlock Jr., um, yeah, the first of our two features this, uh, this episode. Um, Buster Keaton, um, he is back at it again, um, and uh, this is uh, one of his classics, um, and uh, I guess it's, you know, he, he's not that great, you know, putting everything together the 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 whole um, um the whole of the movie uh it's it it is sort of um, um cut open in a lot of different pieces and it doesn't feel like the, the it's the same movie everything um he has like dream sequences and uh, some fairly standard slapstick routines and stuff um and the story, well, it's mainly... I, I think he has sort of like an idea of a story. And then he tries to fit all of these um, set pieces into that idea. And it doesn't always fit the um, the idea, I think. And that is very evident in some cases. And I think it's evident in Sherlock Jr. Um, but there, of course, is a lot of good stuff in Sherlock Jr. Uh, of course. Um, in this movie, he is a detective, uh, or he wants to be a detective. He's a, a cinema projectionist, um, actually. That's his main job, and he dreams of being a detective. He reads a book about being a detective while uh, shooting movies in the theater. Um, and he's wooing a girl, of course. They are always wooing a girl in these uh, silent era comedies. Um, and he um, he wants to get her attention, uh, and he tries to buy her a sort of a, a gift box or something. Um, and there's a big mix-up with a bad guy that also is wooing the girl, um, and he he needs to be a detective and find out who stole a watch in her home. Uh, it was the bad guy, but the bad guy uh, tricks Buster. And so he is uh, let down. Oh my God, I'm I'm shunned from this house because they think I stole the watch uh, while I did try to um, find the guy who stole the watch. Uh, so a lot of mix-ups. Um, yeah. 
basically. And we get this uh, great uh, Buster scene when he, where he breaks his neck on the water dispenser. Yeah, for real. <laughs> yeah, that happened for real. I mean, it's a pretty brutal blast of water down on his... Uh, he, he runs on a train and jumps up on this uh, water dispenser that is uh, used for... Um, uh, filling the train with water so that, that they can run on steam the train um, but this uh, water dispenser when the water comes I mean it's like extreme force so it plunges his uh, head down onto the track the train track uh, where he uh, allegedly b- broke his neck so yeah pretty brutal pretty brutal Yeah, but it's kind of a throwaway gag that, that injured him the worst, you could say. Yeah. yeah but he walks thing. away from it in, in the shot. Yeah. He didn't know. Apparent- yeah, apparently he found out uh, like 10 years later when he had a physical or something. But um, I mean, it's so- it's kind of like when the, the one where Jackie Chan uh, bust a hole in his head as well. It was a throwaway gag in Armor of God. He was just supposed to jump from a... Uh, what's a mirror? From a wall uh, mm. to a tree. And uh, yeah just fell on a stone mm. so Buster is down on his luck, luck as always um, he goes back to the movie theater and uh, he falls asleep and he dreams and this uh, is um, the classic scenes from this movie where he enters um, the cinema screen uh, from the movie theater and uh, they, they, um, they cut from different uh, movie clips and he is suddenly with the lions, and then he's on a rock in a in the ocean, uh, and there's a lot of these edits uh, going back and forth, and then uh, a sort of detective story forms, where he's uh, being a great master detective Sherlock Holmes style, uh, and he needs to find the villain in a great mansion. Um, and here we have a, a very funny scene with a pool table. Where he needs to, um, where the bad guys have replaced the 13 ball with um, uh, an explosion, uh, like, like with a bomb. Uh, and every time he shoots, he mi- just misses the 13 ball. There's a lot of funny shots and the, the dudes hiding behind the curtains, afraid of the explosion, uh, cutting back and forth. Yeah, he gets some uh, pool skills. Mad pool skills. I mean, uh, he he does uh, like uh, four shots in a row uh, where they don't cut, uh, and he just misses the thirteen ball. Very impressive. Um, so yeah, and then finally we get to the real money shot, uh, the real money scene of the movie. Yeah, because I uh, I kind of a bit a bit uh, although he got some pool skills, I. Uh, I thought this scene dragged a bit. It's impressive in a way, but I was starting to feel a bit cut to the chase. <laughs> and he does. <laughs> and he does. And what a chase it is, Sanders. Yeah, and especially this early one, which everyone probably have seen in uh, compilation videos, when he gets in the back of that car from a, what's it called? A road barrier, a beam, a a bar, <laughs> a spar, I don't know. That is, he is going from the roof, uh, going down by this uh, thingy, down into a car moving away. I mean, the timing hmm. in that shot is uh, impeccable. 
It's, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's one of the, uh, one of the it's greats. Like, it's like a railroad crossing beam. Yeah, uh, yeah, that's uh, what it, we should call the he thing. C- he, he jumps onto it from a roof and it it um, careens down and and just puts him into a moving car. I mean, that's a, that's a fantastic shot. But that's just one of many fantastic shots uh, that is being lined up here. I mean, this is this has to be one of the best car chases uh, slash um, motorcycle chases of all time. I think uh, there's just there's just some crazy inventiveness here going on. Uh, he gets on to he, yeah, he's in a car, but he's also in a motorcycle. First being run by another guy, and they're chasing after a car. And the other guy gets thrown and Buster is uh, positioned on top of the steering wheel. So he's not sitting in the motorcycle seat. He's sitting on top of the steering wheel. And it sort of seems like, yeah, he's not running the car, the the motorcycle. The motorcycle is running itself with Buster on top of the steering wheel. Yeah, and he doesn't notice. And he doesn't notice. And there's a lot of crazy stuff happening. Uh, Like... On its, you know, it's yeah. It rushes it, out into traffic in a busy crossing and sips between cars. I mean, it looks uh, totally insane. And this yeah. is this <laughs> this, this I uh, mean, precision oh man. Oh man. in in how he sets up these shots. Oh man, this is this is cinema magic. I mean, man. I this agree that magic. he doesn't structure his movies as a whole, but I mean, the highlights. Uh, the highlights are through the roof, <laughs> through the roof, man. Uh, and sometimes I really like this loose structure uh, that just loiters about, but sometimes it feels like he stretches out two reelers f- for 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 features. For features. Yeah. But but when it when it works, it's just uh, cinema magic. So so the heights are are high, and the yeah, lows are high. a bit boring. <laughs> Uh, he he runs the motorcycle on top of uh, I think it's a trail track above ground, so it's like a it's like a bridge um, where the train is going on top. Yeah, with a big gap. Uh, yeah, with a big gap, and then it comes two trucks uh, from either side of the road, and just as they pass this um, this hole, they they fill the hole, so Buster can run exactly on top of them and over and uh, keep going on top of this uh, railroad track. Also an amazing shot. And then later on, the railroad track, uh, uh, it it falls down. Yeah, it and just collapses. Him, it collapses and lets him continue on, on the road again. I do think uh, the one with the trucks is a special effect shot. Uh, I've seen some making of. Hmm. It's uh, still, uh, it's a very impressive shot. But the the collapsing bridge, I think, is a real uh, mm. collapsing bridge that he just drives <laughs> on. Yeah, and I mean, he 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 just passes a, a train from a very uh, narrow angle, and I think that is superimposed uh, as well. Uh, that he doesn't actually do that. Um, they've taken his, uh, you know, um, the foreground and put another background on it. Um, but it's a very impressive shot as well. Yeah, I love uh, that shot. Though. Love that shot as well. Everyone does. <laughs> Absolutely. And then 
he gets into a car again. Uh, I think he's like car, motorcycle, car again. Um, and uh, chases after these uh, bad guys. And I mean, this this chase, this entire chase is like uh, this. This is better than better than many of the car chases from James Bond movies. I mean, this is uh, impressive, insane. A series of events happening. Yeah, I mean, uh, the early James Bond movies isn't that just uh, Sean Connery in front of a, uh, I mean, in a, in it, a studio. <laughs> yeah, 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 in front of a green screen. Exactly. I mean, it, nothing happens really. Sometimes he 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 um, he turns back and shoots his gun at something. Uh, but here, everything happens at the same time, sort of. I love all, uh, all these silent movies. It has these uh, these uh, these following cars are just filled to the brim with bad guys <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> climbing everywhere and shooting yeah. guns like uh, madmen. <laughs> like there's no tomorrow. I mean, uh, fantastic. Bring that. I, yeah, there's like a dozen guys in one car. That's I fantastic. Mean, we need to bring this back. Uh, definitely. I mean, definitely. Fast and Furious. Are you listening? Vin, are you Vin listening? Diesel. You gotta bring you need this to back. Do this. Yeah. Oh, oh, oh! And uh, just before the the um, the the car chase and the motor motorcycle car chase uh, starts, he does uh, some impressive stunts as well uh, with uh, dresses uh, that we need to talk about as well. Yeah, how did uh, he do be- these scenes? I mean, there's there's two two shots that are like. I, I can't um, I can't for my life figure out how he did this. Cinema magic. It's cinema magic again. He's been he's uh, captured by the bad guys in a cottage, and he has uh, he has prepped for his escape. So he has put up like um, what would you call it like um, <laughs> a a round uh, sort of thing that you can keep clothes into uh, back in the day. Uh, I guess you kept your fancy clothes in one of these things. Uh, it's very hard <laughs> to explain. I'm sorry about this. You need to see this. You need to see this, actually. And then uh, he, 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 he escapes from the cottage and he jumps through the window and he jumps into the dress. And so when he comes out of the cottage and onto the street below, he is into the dress and I, I think he must have done an edit here, but I, I can't see it. It looks like it's actually done for real. Yeah, it's a jaw-dropping moment. I mean, what the, what the f? What the? What? I mean, uh, yeah, Tom Cruise should definitely jump into a dress. Uh, Buster Keaton style. <laughs> yeah. Buster Keaton style in the ne- <laughs> next Mission Impossible to really impress people. I mean, that's just crazy. And then there's another shot that is even more crazy when there's um. There's a guy dressed uh, in a dress uh, that isn't Buster. There's another guy uh, that wants to help Buster. And he stands around with sort of a, like a box on his um, uh, chest and, and uh, stomach that is uh, just uh, big enough for Buster to jump through. And so he positions himself up against a wall. Uh, the bad guys come around the corner. Buster says, oh my god, and jumps through... This um, this box in his belly and disappears. I mean, what what happened? I mean, what it, happened? <laughs> if these are match cuts, they are actually better done than the whole sequence uh, where he's in a movie. Uh, I I could uh, maybe think it was made on purpose that 
that these are more convincing. Oh, but but there's another story to this okay. uh, shot actually. Uh, he re- reproduced this shot in a TV show in the fifties, I, w- I think, um, and did this entire shot in front of a live audience. And, uh, I mean, you can't edit in front of a live audience. You can't? And he did this He did this stunt in front of them. And the everybody was, like, aghast. And the, um, the host for the show, uh, after the show, he, he knocked on Buster's door and said, you're not leaving until you tell me how you did that. Because I, I, I think you're a magician or something. And Buster wouldn't tell him. Um... <laughs> so I mean something weird is going on and I can't quite fathom what it is <laughs> okay so he was a magician he was a magician simple end of story so there is something going on here between uh, this scene and the other scene with match catch cuts uh, but it's above my pay grade <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's above my brain grade, I would say. Uh. <laughs> so I guess just leave it at that. And uh, someone else, uh, please write an es- essay on these matters. Yeah, please, please. Uh, can someone uh, tell us how he did this, please? Uh, because Yeah, or uh, just a, 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 f- a film theoretical text on the yeah. I- uh, interplay between uh, these uh, match cuts, cuts and uh, the pure uh, cinema magic and uh, something yeah. of the so, in-between. Uh, anyway, I, I just need... <laughs> I, n- I need to applaud uh, Buster because, uh, I mean, the latter part of this movie is... Uh, I, I think it's the best thing I've seen uh, uh, so far, uh, us doing this um, journey through action cinema. Oh, so it receives the Podhard gold standard... Uh, yes, Podhard approved by Podhard. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, f- first part of the movie mm, not not that great, but the last latter part of the movie is insane. I really like when he enters uh, the the movie. I really yeah. like that shot. It's just a, a single. What do you say? Long long shot where where he mm. uh, in instances move closer and closer. Like he's he's part of the audience, and first he's mm. at the back. And then he wants to see better what's ha- going on. So he moves forward a bit. And then suddenly his front row, all bug-eyed. Mm. And, and then he jumps right into the movie. It's, it's, yeah, and I mean, it's, it the, says something about the cinema experience. Yeah, yeah, yeah very <laughs> nice. And I mean, they, they have a position that's set behind the cinema screen. So, so it's the same... Um, you... Um, you ha- you haven't I- superimposed uh, an image onto the screen, so there's actually a set behind um, the uh, cinema screen. Yeah, it adds uh, this uh, theatrical uh, uh, layer as well. Uh, mm, and yeah. uh, and I'm for some reason I'm all about the theatrical level these days. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I think it's uh, th- yeah. There's something. Okay, so anyway, let's uh, leave Buster and uh, go see his uh, great rival for the laughs, Harold Lloyd in Girl Shy. Oh man, Uh, and Harold Lloyd continues to deliver. I mean, I thought Save the Last was uh, a pretty great movie, but I have to say Girl Shy is his masterpiece. This is by far the best Harold Lloyd movie. 
we've seen. So far. Just, just amazing. And I mean, I think that the movie as a whole sort of works better than Buster's. Yeah. I mean, he, he has a much better understanding of how to frame everything and how to position the story so it moves forward. Um, so a lot of funny stuff. I mean, uh, he, he also throws in whatever uh, stuff. But he, yeah, I, I agree. He has a much better understanding of, of long form uh, or mm. mid form, maybe <laughs> composition. Yeah, this 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 movie structure. is like one one hour and uh, a quarter, uh, I think. If you watch it in the uh, right, um, <laughs> uh, what do you call it? The right uh... Uh, cranking. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. The, in, you've, you've watched it in the right cranking. Uh, <laughs> time there's different versions there was there's one that's that's uh, one and a half hours long in, on youtube but i think one hour and 15 is the right uh, length uh, so anyway uh, this movie is about uh, harold lloyd being girl shy uh, he's uh, he's a guy working as a tailor's assistant i think his dad is the tailor um, and he is afraid of girls to the extreme. Um, so he dreams about uh, girls. He wants to be with girls, but he just gets so afraid of them when they show up that he stutters like mad. And his dad has to blow a whistle for him to uh, <laughs> keep talking. Uh, so there's lo- sort of like a Pavlovian uh, influence on him here. Uh yeah, so uh, they're, they're, the first shot of the movie, him being a tailor, uh, it comes in a lot of uh, women to the shop with uh, different errands. And uh, he gets uh, all oh jittery and stuff like that. Uh, first, there's a, a sort of vampy woman. Uh, and then there's another woman that is more... Um, she was called a flapper in his book yeah 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 because later uh, in the evening he writes on his book he's writing a book uh, about how to be a great lover that he means to publish uh, that he wants to get published and in this book he writes about how to um, uh, how to seduce different women so the vampire woman for for example uh, you need to be indifferent to her you do, you doesn't want to give her anything, not anything at all. Uh, sort of like early the game territory, I think. Uh, <laughs> so this vampire woman, he's dreaming of this uh, when he's writing. So we get a, a nice uh, dream sequence when he is dressed in a nice uh, outfit and this vampire woman uh, becomes more and more... Uh, um, what do you call it? More and more... Uh, Obsessed um, with him. Obsessed with him, yeah. Uh, she wants him. She craves him. But he just gives her the um, the hand or the the um, the cold shoulder uh, until she is effectively broken and she's all... Uh, yeah, yes, she's, she's a pile of lust. She's a pile of lust and emotion and then... He has uh, he has won her uh, heart. And then it's the flapper. Do you know what a flapper is? <laughs> I don't know what a flapper anyway, is. Anyway, you then. approach her by the caveman method, which basically means you are really unpleasant, and then you spank her and throw her into a wall where a shelf falls in her head. Yeah, when and she then exclaims, she's... "Oh, darling!" 
Oh, fantastic. And, and I, I did like that he spanked her with her shoe. <laughs> I, I found these uh, scenes a bit unsettling. I was on about earlier, <laughs> in an earlier episode that, that Harold Lloyd is a bit, uh, isn't as likable as the others. <laughs> and, and maybe these. But we do get. <laughs> We do get to see that uh, women don't really... They, they think all of his uh, fantasies are hilarious. Yeah, it turns on him. It's great. It turns yeah, on him, but, so but that's, at this, that's great. at this instant, I was thinking this was more... Uh, uh, validated. Yeah, this was more validating my image <laughs> of, of these uh, times and... Uh, and I was of Lloyd being a douchebag. <laughs> Lloyd being a douchebag. Yeah, he's, he's kind of an early precursor to Stephen Shaw in that regard. Uh, I mean, yeah, yeah, that's true. That's true. He plays back and forth with this, and uh, sometimes you don't really know where you have him because he he is writing this book, but he is kind of cute uh, as well. He plays really well with these uh, different uh, modes. Yeah, very mixed emotions and mixed modes, absolutely. I mean, uh, you get the feeling that he doesn't really know every know anything at all about women. <laughs> he just makes it up uh, from his uh, lackluster... Um, I think he's read something somewhere that, oh, there's vamps and there's maybe flappers and uh, cavemen do this. And he doesn't know anything about anything, really. No, it's really uh, interesting, his lack of experience uh, leading to this uh, mis- misogynist uh, fantasies. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's. Uh, th- I-, I think there's some reality to, the- to this one. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so anyway, he-, he finishes writing this book and he is off to the big city to deliver the book to a publisher. And he needs to go on a train. And uh, at the same time, uh, a wealthy woman, uh, her car has broken down and so she needs to take the train as well. But she has a dog with her um, and uh, the dog isn't allowed on the train. And so Harold helps her by hiding the dog. And we get a lot of routines around this, how they're hiding the dog in a suitcase on the train together. Um, And the train enters uh, a uh, a cave, a cave, uh, um, a tunnel. Uh, the ca- uh, <laughs> the train enters a tunnel, and uh, after they're back out, uh, the dog is being uh, hid behind a man's uh, great beard. Yeah. Uh, so, so there's a lot I of mean, very funny sight gags in this movie. I mean, uh, that shot, uh, it was kind of obvious that the dog was behind the beard, but at the same time, it was really satisfying. <laughs> <laughs> you really wanted yeah. the dog to be behind that bird. It was, <laughs> and it was, and, and it, it was. was great setup. Yeah. And and uh, setup. when he he think he's stuffing it into his bag, so he doesn't look. He just uh, takes out things and uh, puts in his pocket to fit the dog. And later mm. on, the lady who it's a lady's bag. She screams, "I've been robbed!" And they just pull out ladies' underwear from uh, everywhere on on uh, Harold. I, I found it pretty funny. Yeah, so there's a, uh, there's a lot of routines on this train, and uh, uh, he starts to eat dog biscuits, um, Acme dog biscuits. I mean Acme. <laughs> Everybody who has watched Warner Bros. cartoons know about this company, right? Uh, I think it was, uh, there wasn't really a company called Acme, was it? it it's like the movie 
company that you use for everything. Yeah, should trace uh, uh, the first movie using Acme. Yeah, you should you should trace the origins of Acme. Maybe a but pod, anyway, uh, so pod uh... pod Acme. <laughs> We're just throwing so, so, out suggestions here to, to yeah, everyone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do pods about this, people. <laughs> yeah. uh, so he's eating dog biscuits uh, to... to uh, he's trying to fool the guy who cuts the tickets the, uh, that he is a, he's, he's crazy or something. He, he barks uh, when the dog barks to fool the, the inspector that he's the person barking. And he's eating these dog biscuits and he buys <laughs> the girl... Uh, some other biscuits, some yeah, real biscuits. I like when when he does that. That he, yeah, he starts yapping about his book and can't stop. I mean, it, there's a two hours later sign and he's still yapping on and on, uh, just talking about this. And uh, he throws his arm out uh, because he's Harold uh, and catches a, a box of crackers. Mm, yeah. So they think he buy he's buying them, so he gives them. But the thing is, it it it's uh, it gets to be their thing. These uh, boxes of mm. uh, crackers. <laughs> yeah, I thought it was really cute, man. It's I really thought it was, cute. Uh, I, w- I thought it was hilarious at times. You, uh, you th- they, 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 they treasure these boxes. Harold treasure his uh, <laughs> Acme dog biscuit box, and she has this uh, Cracker Jack, I think, uh, biscuit box. And they're holding on to them like they're mementos from their first meeting. Yeah, and you think and it's so just a throwaway gag here, and then it becomes a part of the narrative. It's yeah, yeah, really cute. They're, they're, they're pining for each other while holding the boxes. Uh, super cute. Uh, I mean, it's one of the most uh, romantic uh, gestures I've seen from silent era movies, I think. Yeah, and it has a beautiful scene later at, at the bridge, uh, with a, which I found pretty nifty, when, when Harold is sitting in a boat underneath the bridge uh, and is all sappy and sad, and uh, she uh, she has another car breakdown when she's out driving here at the countryside and uh, walks on top of the bridge and is pining and yearning and uh, missing him and uh, stands on top of the bridge and sees his... Uh, Harold sees her reflection in the water and thinks mm. it's uh, him uh, fantasizing. But she oh, is yeah. really there. It was a beautiful mm. moment of, of this uh, being close but uh, far apart. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and then uh, they, um, they find each other and they, they see, oh, you've kept the dog biscuits box. Oh, you've kept the Cracker Jack box. So you must really like me. Oh, fantastic. <laughs> and then they hold hands and being all cute and stuff like that but she has a um, she has a suitor um, some other wealthy dude that has proposed to her like seven times and she always says no but he nonetheless <laughs> is like always with her anyway um, I'm guess she's being pressured to marry this guy because they're both wealthy and they need to keep the wealth in the family and etc etc so uh, Harold, he he thinks if I get rich with this book, I can ask this girl to marry me. Um, yeah. and he comes to this conclusion. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah, for some reason. Esen- essentially, yeah. uh, but but first, when they meet this, uh, when Harold meets the other suitor, uh, and he you know tries to take back his girl, 
we get one of these haymakers oh, from Harold. I mean, man. when he hits, I mean, it looks crazy. I mean, he really connects with that fist. It's now. only one hit, but he pummels that guy. And he flies backwards and up onto a tree. <laughs> I mean, that guy has his face on the back of his head. That that oh, is fantastic. that is connection. That is a, a full Im- That must be a full impact. Uh... I mean, I've <laughs> never I've never seen that kind of, of a hitman. What a haymaker! What a haymaker! You don't even see this in in uh, UFC. <laughs> no, 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 no. I don't know how did they do that. I mean, they must have had a rope around that guy and launched him backwards as soon as he. <laughs> connected i mean but it looks like his face is just uh, mashed or that was maybe was in my head uh, yeah. the he, he must have had some padding around his face that we didn't notice or something <laughs> because that was a brutal brutal punch man yeah. But, uh, yeah so harold can take care of himself that's for sure yeah he, he always uh, is this uh, yeah no holds back fighter I, I mean i mean i mean when when the going gets tough he is an action hero he's like arnold schwarzenegger uh in this very tiny body yeah he has switches i i love it because he's <laughs> playing these little cute guys and then bob and then he's like yeah murdering people and goes Fantastic. to town uh, and he does go to town again uh, to uh, to follow up on his uh, manuscript and the manuscript is being re- read by everybody at the office of this publishing company. And there's a lot of women reading his book and laughing at all of these uh, examples of how to seduce a vampire, a flapper, etc., etc. And they're having a gay old time. Everybody's laughing like crazy. And then Harold enters and being like, oh, what's the commotion about? And then someone finds out, oh, you're the author behind that book. <laughs> and everybody <laughs> and everybody launches at him with greedy eyes. And he is terrified. What is going on? Yeah. Total and, humiliation. And they, they're putting up an act, of course. Everybody thinks he's, he's uh, a loser, uh, a hilarious loser. But they're making him think that, oh, you can really read women, can't you? Wow, you're some guy, for sure. Very funny scene, very funny scene. Uh, and then he's being let down when he's talking with the chief uh, of the publisher. And he's like, man, what is this book? It's, uh, this, this book is hilarious. Uh, I won't publish it. It's, uh, it's bonkers. Get out of here. Yeah, and when he's rejected at the publisher, he decides to reject uh, Mary as well, the girl. Yeah, I don't know what it was with this era, but you had to have money uh, to propose to girls or something. Uh, if you didn't have money, it was out of the question to even ask someone to marry them. And or does something. he have to have more money than her even? Because she's maybe. she's rich, but maybe he doesn't yeah. know. Yeah, maybe. Uh, so he lets her down in a brutal, oh, brutal yeah. manner. This is st- I mean, my heart was broken. This with is Stephen Shaw territory, definitely. I mean, what the f- what was going on? He he finds another girl in a, on a park bench and uh, says, uh, "This is my latest uh, girl." <laughs> yeah, you were you were just one of many. You thought you were special. You were nothing to me. And he doesn't stop at that. He even buys her crackers. 
Oh, this new lady. Yeah, yeah I was Wh- like, while, oh, while, man. while while his sweetheart watches. I was like, uh, don't go there. <laughs> <laughs> That's too much. That's too much. I was. Don't I, go there. Oh man, I was destroyed. Oh, oh man, fantastic! Poor Mary. Fantastic. She's mm. great. Uh, yeah, yeah, Mary's a great actress. J- Joe and B. I mean, Ralston. when 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 she's uh, when she's heartbroken. Uh, and, and she's clutching on to the Cracker Jack box uh, in, in, a, in a sofa in her house. Uh, she tears at it first. Oh, I don't, I don't ever want to see him again. And then we uh, later on we get a scene where she's trying to patch the box together. I mean, it's oh, it's so beautiful, man. <laughs> yeah, and we get two <laughs> patching uh, puzzle scenes as well. So it has many of these mirror layering. Uh, yeah, because uh, the uh, the um, uh, the secretary of this publishing house comes into the the uh, the chief of editor and says, uh, you know, everybody was laughing at the book and having a gay old time. I mean, we could probably publish it, and it would probably sell. Uh, oh yeah, you're right. I'm gonna publish it as the boobs book or something. The boobs diary. <laughs> the boobs diary. And I think a boob in this era uh, wasn't a breast. It was uh, it was uh, sort of a silly person or something. Yeah. Um, so uh, instead of a rejection slip, which uh, uh, Harold thought he was going to get from the publishing company, he gets a check for three thousand dollars. But when he gets the um, the note, uh, the letter from the company, he thinks it, it is the rejection slip since he was laughed at. And he uh, tears it up, and then his father sees the um, the pieces on the on the floor and sees, oh, there's a, there's a letter here, a three letter. Oh, let's puzzle, yeah. and they puzzle it together. <laughs> I re- that scene was uh, quite something, well, because he, I think it's his uncle. But uh, when, okay, when he starts okay. puzzling it together, he's really happy about, oh, a check for three dollars, <laughs> and then they add a zero. <laughs> Thirty dollars at a zero, three hundred, and then what? <laughs> and then arrive at three thousand, and they they're losing their minds. Yeah, 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 fantastic. Uh, and then he was like, "Oh man, I can marry this girl. Oh, but I've lost my 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 opportunity, my chance." Yeah. Uh, especially as he sees the newspaper appropriately. <laughs> Uh, where it says that he, she is about to get married to this uh, douche that has been uh, trying to get married to her for a long time. Um, and, oh, man, they're getting married today. Oh, man, I, I missed my shot here. At that moment, a, a girl comes into the to the shop and sees the newspaper article and says, What? He can't get married again. We're still married. Uh, there's this great Deus Ex Machina plot thing uh, where she hasn't uh, been in the story earlier. She just walks in uh, very conveniently so that uh, Harold gets a... Um, a set piece. Uh, <laughs> a, yeah, <laughs> yeah, he gets a set piece. He gets... Uh, um, yeah, so, so he can stop the wedding with this new information that the, the douchebag is still married, so he can't get married again. Yeah. And so we get an amazing chase scene. I mean, we get the, uh, we get to the action because up until now there could be there a hasn't discuss, been any discussion. Apart from the haymaker, no action. I mean, until yeah, exactly. Why, why are Paul Hard uh, dabbling with this movie? You could 
Yeah, this is why. But, yeah. <laughs> because now we get an action piece that is... I mean, it's uh, it's right up there with Sherlock Jr.'s chase scene. Uh, this is much longer. Yeah, it, it must it be maybe it, 20 minutes or something. 20 minutes or something. It maybe doesn't have the, the inventiveness of Sherlock Jr.'s, uh, but there's so much things going on. And, I mean... I, I was on the edge of my seat for, uh, I mean, the most part of this chase. There's just this intensity to, to Harold's action scenes. M- maybe they don't have that uh, those beautifully framed uh, setups that Buster sometimes have, but uh, they are just explosive. I mean, th- uh, yeah. This is a great action set piece for the ages. And that it gets to be so damn long that it just eats up yeah, the yeah, narrative, yeah. and it just continues and continues. And he 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 um, he changes uh, vehicles uh, like uh, <laughs> like every ten seconds or something. I mean, it's crazy. And he uses like every vehicle possible except for airplanes, I guess. <laughs> yeah, there's a car, the car, cars, and he switches to motorcycles, and there's. Car to horse transition, horse to hose transition. When he's um, back on the fire truck, uh, trying to yeah, 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 that was a funny scene. Uh, and he he's holding on to the hose, and the hose is being uh, run out of the um, uh, container. Uh, what do you, the container? So he's tr- he's constantly. Um, chugging at the rope, uh, changing position, and like uh, going down onto the street level uh, behind him. Uh, it's very hard to explain. You need to see this, but uh, fantastic scene. Yeah, and stunts, and and he gets into a trolley and rides it like a madman. He's completely insane by this point, and get then yeah, he gets yeah, on yeah. the you roof. Mean the tram. A tram. Yeah, yeah, yeah a the tram. tram. Mm. Yeah. Uh, yeah, 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 a tram. Uh, yeah, and he, uh, I mean, the speed is crazy. I mean, they, they must have sped this up uh, quite some. Yeah, that that one is sped up. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But but it looks so great when you get this shot of him uh, steering the tram. I mean, it looks like there's like um, stretches in the air, almost like a cartoon. Uh, fantastic stuff. Great fantastic stunts stuff. all around. Uh, car crashes and people jumping away out of harm's way. And we're back yeah. to horse and carriage. Uh, yeah, and I, really liked, uh, I really liked. I really liked the uh, the moment when he's being uh, he has like stolen police officers' cars, um, and he jumps. Uh, there's a lot of uh, exchange and uh, confusions, and then he jumps into their car again. He thinks he's oh, I can jump into this car and uh, get a ride. When he gets into the pursuing car. Yeah, yeah, yes. yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> and, and the police officer sees him. Oh, it's the guy we're chasing. He's uh, right here next to me in the car. So he, he uh, gets out his gun and Harold holds up his, uh, his hands. And then he catches on to a branch from a tree and, posi- and gets out, holds on to the, the tree while the car goes away. And then he positions himself on top of a horse just next to him yeah in transition it's a f- <laughs> what a transition yeah, transitions to a horse in in one shot there oh man uh, ha- so ha- great harold's timing is uh is quite something e- exemplary 
um, and uh, he he totally demolishes a guy down a a, a, um, a mountainside also uh, and uh, I mean when he's into the city he runs with a motorcycle right through a convenience store um, I mean everything is happening in this uh, chase scene everything is happening yeah why doesn't people do chase scenes like this anymore I don't know it's I mean just throw everything and the kitchen sink in I mean the way he you adds have magic stuff upon stuff uh, yeah I lost for words <laughs> <laughs> yeah me too me it's too. just beautifully constructed uh, this uh, to to let it uh, yeah he pulls out all stops and just uh, derails the narrative completely yeah it's great and when and when he and when he finally reaches the ceremony he just grabs the girl and runs uh, <laughs> uh, and then he positions her outside he runs out uh, to some th- trees uh, and so oh you you like me again the girl says uh, sort of um and when you you said that you were gonna get the um, the money from the publishers, you said you were gonna ask me something. What what was that? And now ha- and now Harold stutters again. Oh my god! And she needs to find a whistle, and so she brings Harold with her and finds as um, a, a postman delivering a post, uh, and apparently he has a whistle, and so she searches him desperately. Where's the whistle? Where's the whistle? Oh, here it is. She blows the whistle, and he bursts out would you marry me and that's the end of the movie fantastic yeah and we don't Great. we don't get an intertitle for would you marry me we only get an intertitle for yes yeah that's great as well because everybody knows what he's saying of course and we only need to see her giant exuberant answer to his question yeah so he continues this uh, this pretty thoughtful way of uh, intertexts as well that we saw in Yeah, not that many intertitles in this movie, but you you understand everything. It's being explained with uh, with looks and and gestures and uh, it's very intelligently done. I think this movie actually is a masterpiece. I mean, as per usual there there are some gags that doesn't work for me with Lloyd, but I mean uh, personally, but everything moves at a pace. So there's never uh, this thing moves in another way. May- maybe you could uh, argue that it is a more conventional uh, uh, rom-com plotting, or uh, that that it's heading closer to uh, more conventional storytelling or something. But uh, yeah, I think it it works really well. Great movie, great movie, and uh, so, I mean, oh, so it, wow, what a year, man, what a year 1924 uh, <laughs> has been. Yeah, so it gets the gold standard pod hard. Uh, yeah, 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 this, this, is, this is definitely, this is definitely the first year of the ones we've seen so far that I would say a fantastic year for action movies. I, I agree. It's uh, pretty cool. So now 1925 has some pretty high standards to meet.